good morning, everybody. Got a, a good little crowd here this morning. We're thankful for that. Glad everybody was able to make it out. And uh, how did y'all make it this week? Was it okay? Was it, was it weird seeing people for the first time in months? So we, uh, if y'all were able to watch it or uh, be a part of it last Sunday, we was able to get together and have a time of prayer for uh, the schools and for those involved in the school system and. I, man, I had a good time. I mean, we just took us 30, 35 minutes to go through everything, and uh, it was just, it was really, it was moving. It was just good to hear um, prayers being specifically made for individual schools and for resource officers and, and all that was involved in that. So I'm tickled to death was able to do it, and uh, and I hope that um, you guys don't don't let it go. They're still going to need the prayers. Um, you know, one of the biggest prayers we got right now uh, as as for their health and for the health of those, I was talking to uh, Miss Louise back there a while ago. I was talking about Katie being in school this week and, and having a little a little scare there, uh, is a stomach bug, not the not the virus, but not the other virus. But uh, so you know we got to keep praying for safety for them and health for the teachers and uh, and I hope and pray that we're able to get Watauga back up and, and running. Abby, Abby's got her first week of freshman under her belt and Paisley starts tomorrow with her fourth grade stuff so we'll see how that goes she has the attention span of a gnat so we got to really watch her <laughs> we're gonna we got a, a special prayer request for a, a jason woody in johnson city that uh, him and the family need prayer and so we're gonna pray for him this morning as we get ready to open up uh, i'm sure we got a lot of prayers that we need to be uh, mentioning and, and trying to petition uh, does anybody else have anything special in their heart this morning before we pray because that's how we're going to open up Bud Irwin, okay. Anyone else? Okay. Boy Bradshaw, anyone else? I'm sure anybody sneezes right now, everybody starts getting worried. So, yeah, it's anybody else? All right, let's just open up in prayer this morning. Father, as we uh, start this, uh, this Sunday morning off, Lord, we just want to come to you first and foremost. God, we, we've got many uh, burdens on our hearts, so we've got many prayer requests that each one of us have. Lord, even if they're unspoken, uh, Father, we got them. And Lord, I know you know our hearts and you know uh, how we feel and how we care for one another. So Lord, this morning as, uh, as we start the service off, Lord, we just want to ask for your, your guidance. Lord, we just want to ask for your blessings. Uh, Lord, as uh, we just took these prayer requests, Lord, you heard them, you, you know the situation there. Lord, for the those two that have passed away, God, I ask, ask for comfort this morning and for the days and weeks ahead for those that have just lost that loved one. Father, I pray that you would just fill the, their hearts, fill the, those voids that that person may leave, be leaving behind. Lord, just fill it with your love and your Holy Spirit. God, and for uh, this Woody family, Lord, I pray that you would be with them in and, and that situation. God, you know it, you know his heart, you know his mind, you know that body. And God, I pray that you'd have a great touch right there on him today. And God, just give him that peace that passeth all understanding. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, be with him, God, and allow him uh, to know your presence is there and it's real. And Lord, you love him and you care for him. And Lord, you died on that cross just for him as well. God, and I pray that he would find that peace in his heart, knowing uh, that, that you're there with him. And God, as uh, we've prayed last Sunday, and we're going to continue to pray uh, throughout the, the months ahead, God. I just ask that you would you be with our teachers, Lord, with our students. Uh, they're 
it's different in every county, Lord, and the situation is different throughout the state. But, God, I pray that you would be with our teachers and the administrators, uh, Lord, as they go outside the box, Lord, and they're having to think differently this year on the way they teach and how they do. God, I pray that you would just grant discernment in their hearts and in their minds uh, as they teach and instruct. And, Lord, I pray that you would be with their health. Lord, keep them all healthy. And the same with our children, Lord, as they go into these classrooms, uh, those that are able to go into classrooms, Lord, I pray that you'd place a hedge of protection around them and around those schools. And, Father, for those that are doing their stuff online, uh, God, I just pray that you would just uh, put a put blinders on them, God, so that they can focus on what's in front of them and, Lord, not be sidetracked with anything that's going on inside their home or wherever they're trying to learn. God, we thank you again for this beautiful Sunday that you've given us to get together and worship and fellowship. And, Lord, I pray that you'd honor it. And, Lord, honor those that are here and bless those that are here as well. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to be over in Luke chapter 24 this morning. Uh, and it's, for, I don't know how many times I told Marie yesterday when she'd call me or text me while she's at work, I'd say, you know, it's like 2 or 3 o'clock, and I'm like, Lord, I still ain't got nothing. I still ain't got nothing. I, I struggled yesterday. I struggled this week with getting ready for today. But there's a song that I kept listening to. There's a, a gospel group called The Sound. I love to hear it. We actually listened to them on the way up here. And they, they sing this song called uh, The Road to Emmaus. And uh, as I was studying yesterday, I started listening to that song again. I'm like, oh, I know where I'm supposed to be going. <laughs> I'm supposed to be going down that road to Emmaus. So that's where we're going to be this morning for a little bit in uh, Luke chapter 24. We're going to be looking at uh, five different things. Uh, and I'll, I'll break them down for you here in just a few minutes. But we're going to look at five different things uh, that are learned on that road that these two men learned on the road to Emmaus. Now, I was reading a, a story um, in one of my books this, this week, and it kind of fell in again with this one. The question that we ask each other, and, and I don't know if you guys got to hear the podcast I've done or half the podcast I've done with Philip Green Friday. We had a good time. Me and him just sat down in his little room, and, and we just had a little together for about an hour just talking about uh just different things just just different we talked about love we talked about peace and we talked about happiness and israel and just a bunch of different things but one of the things we got talking about and and i made mention was who is jesus to you and that's a good question and we kind of off 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 uh, the air we got talking about that and and uh, talking about who is jesus because each one of us has our own definition of jesus because he's different to each one of us. He is love. We've got all these different definitions that we can have for him. But he is, he is love, most and foremost, I think, for all of us. He is love. So, who is Je- so that's the question I want to start out with this morning is, who is Jesus to you? Or what is Jesus to you? And that's a, that's a, that's a big question. Only you can answer it. Only you can answer it. Who is Jesus to you? Now, the story I was reading, um, and I want to tell you guys about because it just really, it's, it's fit into this. It's about a pastor, and this pastor and his wife were, were called by another pastor and said, hey, so-and-so that goes to my church, uh, her son was in a car wreck, and he's in ICU. He's 17 years old. Uh, I can't go and see them. I need you to go for me. And so the pastor, this pastor and his wife, they, they packed up and drove to the hospital. Uh, this pastor had talked to the mom a few times on the phone and said, we'll be there on this date, and they didn't set a time because the mom was going to be there all day long, so they just said, we'll just show up, and and she said, I'll be here waiting on you. Well, the the pastor and his wife get to the hospital, and they go in. They don't don't know what the woman looks like. So they go in, they go to the front desk, and they say, I'm here to see so-and-so. I think her name was Jill. And they said, where is she at? And they said, well, we haven't seen her today. 
but she normally stays in this waiting room. So she went over, they went in this waiting room, and there was a lady there, and, and they got to talking to her and found out that it wasn't the mom that they were looking for. They carried on a conversation with this lady for a little bit, and then finally this Jill, this mom, finally shows up, and, and they talk to her. And they get to, 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 uh, to meet her and, and discuss what's going on with this lady's son. They didn't know this woman from Adam. They'd only talked to this woman. So they didn't have that relationship. This woman was a stranger. This pastor was a stranger. This pastor's wife was a stranger to this mom. We all meet strangers in passing. We don't understand, um, we don't understand their background. And we don't understand uh, you know, the reason why they're where they're at. And a lot of times we don't know their face. And that's what's going on with these two men, and, and we'll read Scripture in a minute. So what's going on with these two men on the road to Emmaus? They meet a stranger that didn't know who he was. Now, on, with these, these, uh, this, this pastor here, there were two strangers looking to meet for the first time. The pastor knew something about the mom, but they didn't know what she looked like. For all they knew, she had already walked straight past them and didn't even know it. And you probably ask yourself, what's this have to do with uh, who is God to you or what is God to you? Well, here's the thing. The beginning of any relationship is the meeting of two strangers. Remember that. The beginning of any relationship, any relationship, is the meeting of two strangers. I got a good one for you. Maria, I didn't know her from Adam. We got a good friend that is right above us, Bobby Hicks. Their house, the one I was telling you all about not too long ago, their house burnt down. Bobby Hicks knew me. I've known Bobby my whole life. Maria probably knew him, what, four or five years at the time? And he said, hey, Chad, you need to meet somebody. And I don't know if he said the same to Maria or not. But So I didn't know her. Even though we went to high school together for a couple years, I didn't know her. i never seen her before that I knew of. And so we met at Lone Star in August of that year. <laughs> 01, 02. 01, August of 01. <laughs> I will remember that for the rest of my life. Our anniversary, I remember that one. Her birthday, I got that one. But we were two strangers that had never met before. Our relationship starts with two strangers. That's a great relationship, I think. We've managed to make it almost be 16, 16 years next month. Yes, marriage, I know that. But the relationship starts with two strangers. Most of y'all probably are the same way with your spouses. You may not have known your spouse beforehand. So you were two strangers meeting for the first time, and you got to meet to form that relationship. Well, that's what happened with these two men. They had to meet the stranger to form a relationship with them. We were all, if you're a Christian, you're the same way. We met a stranger, somebody that we might have heard about, but we'd never met before. And then we got introduced to him by a, a sermon. We got introduced to him by a prayer through a prayer. We got introduced to him through some method, and then we got to know him, and we made a friend. That's how Jesus is. That's, that's how he becomes a friend. He is a stranger at some point, but then he becomes that friend. If you got your Bibles open, I do want you to stand with me this morning as we read this. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. If you will stand with me just a moment. I'm sure y'all remember this, but I, I, I think we're going to be able to pick this apart today and get a better understanding of Jesus. The Bible says in verse 13, And behold, 
Two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, Answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel, and and beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yes, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And they found not his body. They came, saying that they had seen, also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them, which were with us, went to the sepulcher and found it. And even so, as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then said unto them, now this is Jesus talking right here. He said, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded upon or unto them in all the scriptures these things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he, he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way? And while he opened to us the scriptures, and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Jerry, will you open us up this morning, please? You can have a seat. Who is Jesus to you? Good question. And I hope you hang on to that today because I want you to be able to answer it. We're not going to have a pop quiz or anything at the end, but I want you to be able to answer that when we're done this evening. Who is Jesus to you? Or number one, is he a stranger? Is Jesus a stranger to you? Now that's dangerous 
If he's a stranger to you, that means you don't know who he is. You may have, have read about him, and you may have been to some Bible schools or maybe even uh, you know, read some little pamphlets or something laying around at the doctor's office or your little Gideon Bible while you're at a hotel, but he may still be a stranger to you. You may not have a relationship with him yet. So is he a stranger to you? You wouldn't recognize him if you saw him. If he's to show up here today, we wouldn't know who he was. We have our own images in our mind. If you think about the pictures we've seen of Jesus and his hair and his beard, yeah, there's, there's a white Jesus and a black Jesus and an Asian Jesus and a, a Hispanic Jesus. There's all kinds of Jesuses out there, but we wouldn't know him from Adam if he's a step foot in his church right now. We don't know what he looks like. We've heard about him. We've heard about him. But we've never physically seen him. We have felt him. I felt him. Boy, if you ain't never felt him, you're missing something good. We failed him, but we haven't seen him, so we wouldn't know what he looked like if he showed up. And there's millions of good people that is no more than a stranger to in this world right now. Millions of people that do not know Jesus, that he is a stranger. That he's a stranger because they've never heard the gospel. He's a stranger because the word of God has never made it to some of these countries in the world right now. He's a stranger. He's a stranger to some because they have rejected him and they refuse to accept who he is and what he is and what he can do for them. So he is a stranger to them. Is he a stranger to you? I hope not. I hope he is no stranger to you. Now, you got these two men right here. They're in the same position as, uh, as the rest of the world. These two men in Luke 24, Jesus is a stranger. They know of Jesus. But physically, they don't know what he looks like. They don't know who he is. So they, this encounter took place just a few days after Jesus was crucified, and the event was, was the talk of the town. Wouldn't it be the talk of the town? When th big things happen in our communities, ain't it the talk of the town? When something big goes on, we want everybody to know about it, or everybody already knows about it. A lot of people know about it before it even takes place. Big things happen. And so here's Jesus walking down this road with these two guys and he he starts this conversation and the guys are like are you a stranger are you not from around here that's the way i'd have said it ain't you from around here do you not know what just took place three days ago do you not know who jesus is do you not know about the scripture do you not know who the messiah is do you not know what he didn't fulfill for us because they thought he was going to be the redeemer they thought he is, but we'll get there a little bit later. But they were talking to Jesus like he wasn't there, which is really weird because he was really there. Verse 18 says, And the one of them whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? Now, these two guys pretty much saying, Are you, only, uh, are you the only person around here that don't know what's going on? Are you the only one around that has never heard about this crucifixion that happened three days ago? What rock have you been sleeping under? They had no clue who he was because he was a stranger to them. And there he was, the risen Savior, but they didn't know him from Adam. There he was on the same road that these two men were walking on, and they did not know who he was. Jesus is probably still walking right down the same road with y'all right now. He's walking down the road with me, and there's bumps and, and humps, and there's potholes, and there's curves, and trees laying across it, and everything else right now. 
but he's still walking on that road with me. He ain't no stranger. He's no stranger to me. I don't want anybody leaving this church today who thinks Jesus is a stranger. He's the best friend you'll ever have in your life. You've got to meet him, though. To have a friend, you've got to meet him. You have to. You've got to have that relationship. You've got to be able to connect with him. That's how you make friends, ain't it? Don't you connect with people? If you connect with people, you, they become your friend. You've got to connect with Jesus so that he can be your friend. He wants to be your friend. That's all he wants. Right now, he wants to be your friend. He wants to be your buddy. He wants to be your savior. He wants you to make him your Lord of Lords and King of Kings. That's what he wants. But you have to invite him in. He's not just going to bust through the door without you asking. It's up to you to open the door and allow him to come into your life. And let him be your friend. Because I told you, he wants to be your friend. He don't want to be a stranger in your life. If he's only a stranger to you, he wants to, he wants to become so much more. He wants to reveal himself to you. Now, again, who is Jesus to you? That's number one. And I hope he ain't no stranger. Who is Jesus to you? Number two, maybe now he is your friend. Maybe at first he was a stranger, but now he's your friend. That's what I want him to be for y'all. I want him, and I want y'all to have that relationship with him, each and every one of us, to have a friend. That song we sing, that would have been a good to open up with. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend. There ain't nobody like him. I've got good friends. I've got some really good friends. I believe being called to preach helped weed out a lot of my friends because a lot of people don't want nothing to do with me now, and that's, that's fine. I don't want nothing to do with them either their their lifestyle and their habits i don't want to be a part of that i like the, the few friends that i have that's a good friend but what a friend we have in jesus i can't explain it it's hard to explain if you don't have it it's the sweetest relationship that you'll ever have we have if you're married you got good relationships you've had good relationships that they've passed on you've got great relationships you got a great partner in life but the relationship that you have with Jesus is eternal. And that relationship that you have goes past the, the however many years we're going to be here on earth. It, the, the relationship with Jesus is forever lasting and is not going to disappear. And that friendship, you know, over the years, and I think we were, me and Maria was talking to Abby about this, you know, being able to, to, to physically go to school and, and make friends. Because she's not going to be able to, to meet people right now. I mean, she can do it online, but she's not going to physically get to meet new people yet from other schools. And some of the friends that you make in high school, you hang on to for the rest of your life. I've got some good ones. Actually, killed a bull for one of them um, Friday morning and came up from states. Well, I ain't seen him in 15 years. And he brought his bull up to the plant. I mean, Dad took care of him. See, he's a friend. He's a good friend. He just lives too far away to, to talk to anymore. But these friends will come and go in our lives. After high school, how many of y'all still keep up with the majority of your friends in high school? Not many or college, or old workplaces. You know, at the end of this month will be exactly one year since I left Samaritan's Purse. And I can count on one hand how many times I've talked to the majority of the people there that I thought were friends. But once I left, it's like that friendship left. It ended. So how often do you lose those friends? Pretty often. If you don't stay in communication with them, you tend to part ways. That's why Jesus 
as such a good friend because you're always in communication with him. You're always talking to him through prayer. You're talking to him. Going down the road, you're talking to him. I've been driving that old blue truck here lately, that, that old 85 I got. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of praying, <laughs> driving that thing down the road. I don't know what's going to break next. And me and Jesus got a good conversation going on right now with that thing. But when you communicate with somebody on a daily basis, your relationship gets stronger. And you keep building this on this relationship. That's why Jesus is such a good friend. Because you're always talking to him. He knows your needs and your wants. And he's going to talk to you. He's going to speak to you. A still small voice. Now, this, this mom I was talking about earlier, and the, the article said that she is now a good friend of the pastor and his wife. They know, and this is what it said, so they know better, they now better understand each other and now, and now know the likes and dislikes of each other and the needs and the dreams and the joys and the disappointments. Here on this Emmaus Road, I think somebody lost their ladder off the truck. That's what it sounded like. On this road to Emmaus, Cleopas and the other guy made another friend. So this mom, her name was Jill, just made another friend with the pastor and his wife. On the road to Emmaus, these two guys made another friend in Jesus. And they carried on this conversation with each other. It wasn't long before uh, they were treating this stranger as a friend and confiding in him. Have y'all ever had that conversation with somebody that you never met before in your whole life? And there's just something about that person that just makes you want to open up and just start talking. And, and you hear things like, well, I've never told that to anybody. Or they've said something like, I've never told anybody that before. That's a good conversation when they trust you and they've never met you before. And that's what's going on here with these two. They start carrying on this conversation with a stranger who just all of a sudden becomes a friend. And then they just start, they start with Scripture and they start telling about this Jesus. And they start talking about uh, the events of the past three days of what's taking place with the crucifixion and how the body's missing. And, and so they're, they're starting out this conversation with current events with the current events, and then uh, this is what I like about it. Verse 19, what's Jesus say? What things? What things? Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I, are you sure you know what you're talking about? If that had been 2020, Jesus would have said, what are you talking about, Willis? They said, what, are you what things are you talking about? I don't, I want to hear... You ever you ever know the story? You just want to hear somebody else tell it just to see how close it is? I like doing that. I love doing that. You, you was there. This is the best part. If I work a car wreck or a house fire or something like that, and I'm there, I'm physically there, I cut them out, I done CPR, I done whatever, I'm there, I see it happen, and then somebody will call and say, what happened? Well, it was a car wreck. Well, this is what I heard. You know, it's like you got three helicopters landing and you got the National Guard come in shutting the road down. I'm like, dude, we're sitting to the hospital. It's just one person. <laughs> but And I think that's what Jesus is doing. He's, he's trying to get them to open up and, and just spill what they think is happening. And then Jesus pops up and he says, what things? And they come back with, with uh, you know, about Jesus of Nazareth. You know, that guy we were just talking about, the one that was crucified three days ago, the one that the body's missing. You know that guy. Now, Go back over to verse 20 again, and look at this. He says, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him, but we trusted that he had been, that it had been he which would have 
uh, redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yet, now, let me tell you something. The reason they mention that third day right there, the third day, because some people <laughs> might pop back up out of the grave. Back in Jewish times, you wasn't dead until you didn't move on the fourth day or after the third day. So they were saying the third day, it's been the third day, he ain't budged, so he's really dead. This is what they're trying to say. It keeps going here and says, Beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. Now Jesus had gone from being a stranger to a friend. So he went from this guy on the road to somebody that they just started carrying on this conversation with. And he became a friend because they opened up to him. And that's what Jesus wants from each one of us. He wants us to have a relationship with him. It's a relationship of trust. We've got to trust him. We have to. We've got to trust him with our problems. We've got to trust him with our, our needs. And that's what he wants from us is to have that trust. These two guys that we just read about, they got that trust. And they, they just, you know how you get that sweet peace, especially when, you, when you're praying and you just get that peace on you? Or you talk to somebody that you feel like you trust and you just get that, that peace about you knowing that I can trust them. There's something about them, I can trust them. And that's what happened with these two guys. They trusted Jesus, not even knowing who he was yet. They trusted a stranger who became a friend. So this morning I'll ask you again, is Jesus? Your friend. Is he your friend? Number three. Is he your teacher? Is Jesus your teacher? Is he a stranger, a friend, or now is he a teacher? Well, you know he's a good teacher. That's what the Bible taught us. He was 12 years old sitting on steps. He's teaching. He, he knows what's going on. He knows. So is he a teacher to you? At first it seemed like Jesus was the one who needed to be taught because of the words he said right there. What things? What things? And so it's like he was getting ready to be the student, and they were going to teach him about this Jesus of Nazareth, this, this Messiah, this man that was just crucified on the cross, this body that's missing. So these two guys are getting ready to team teach and school Jesus on Jesus, which don't make a lot of sense, does it? But that's what they were going to try to do. Teach Jesus about Jesus. But he was the one who could tell them all they needed to know. And he's still doing that to us today. He's teaching us and telling us all that we need to know, that we need to. And it's in front of every one of y'all right now. It's in the Word of God. If you'll take your Bible and you will open it up, he will teach you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit will guide you through the Word of God and will teach you. And if you feel like you've been taught everything that's in the Bible, let me be the first to bust your bubble and say you're wrong. Because you ain't been taught everything that's in the Bible. We'll never understand and be taught everything that's in the Bible. We know our basics. We know Genesis 1-1. We know the creation. We know Noah. We know David and Goliath. We know Daniel. We We know the basics, but we will never know the Bible from end to amen. Completely. We'll never be able to learn. We've got to always be learning. Never stop learning. Never stop reading. Never stop praying. Never stop communing. Never stop communing. Just like these guys, it tells us right here, they were communing. They were walking down the road. Not the communion that you're thinking of, Abby. 
It's a different kind of communion. They weren't drinking. That's what I was trying to say. They weren't wasn't Methodist. But they were they're having a time of fellowship with Jesus, and they didn't even know it. He was a teacher. Can you imagine teaching Jesus about himself, though? It wouldn't happen. That's what these people were accidentally trying to do, teach Jesus about himself. And he already knew everything about himself. He already knew about the other two guys because he knew them two guys before they was ever formed. He knew who they were. And can you imagine telling Jesus, like you didn't already know it, about the events that had actually just taken place that centered around him? Can you imagine? It's like I was telling y'all. If I'm on a car wreck and somebody calls me and tells me, gives me their, their two cents about what took place, I think it's hilarious. And Jesus might have even chuckled a little bit. I don't know. Whenever they tried to tell him about his own crucifixion and the things that they had heard. I don't know if he did or not, but these that's what these two were trying to do, was trying to teach Jesus about himself. Verse 25 tells us, Then he said unto them, Now listen to this, Old fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things, to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Concerning himself. Now look at verse 32. It says, And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while, this, while he opened to us the scriptures? What a Bible study them two just got. You think Wednesday nights are good? Think about that third day on the road to Emmaus and, and having the teacher, the one and only Jesus, walking down the road with you and talking and teaching. But not only teaching, they got heartburn down the road. <laughs> they, their hearts were yearning. The Holy Spirit was absolutely working in them too. And I don't know if it's because Jesus was just that close to them or what, but they just, they knew. It was that, that, that Holy Ghost unction that they got there. They just, you know, they got it. And they were excited. You ever get that excited about Jesus? Something happens in your life. Jesus just shows up out of nowhere, or he's been there the whole time, but you just feel like he just popped up out of nowhere, and he blesses you, and your heart just burns, and it yearns, and you want more, and you want to bless him, and you want to thank him, and he shows up. That's what's going on with these two. They just got schooled by the teacher, and they got a longing now. They got a yearning. And what do they do? They turn around, they go back to the 11, and they tell them what took place. And I wouldn't be surprised if them 11, if their heart didn't burn a little bit too. Because that's exciting. You know when people give you good news and you get excited for them? That's probably what those 11 were doing when the two showed up. They got excited. They wanted to hear more about this, this road, this, this little uh, trip and this little Bible school that they just had going down the road to Emmaus. They wanted to hear and know more about it. But Jesus pointed out that they had misunderstood what they misunderstood about the Scripture. And then he taught them the truth. We need to be taught the truth. Because a lot of things get misinterpreted and, and, and messed up along the way. You guys ever played the telephone game? You ever played that game? Kate's played that game. Messed up, ain't it? So if we was to start over here at Paisley, and I was to say, Paisley, cats are, no, I ain't even going to go on cats. If I was to go over there and I say, 
Paisley hamburger is the best meat in the world. And we used to start that, and she would tell Marie, and Marie would tell Caden, and it would just kind of trickle on around here. By the time we got over here to Kristen, she would be out there milking goats or something. It's just, you know, it's really weird. But the kids like to play that. Well, that's what happens with the Scripture sometimes. It gets taken out of context. People misinterpret the Word of God, and then that's when bad stuff happens. Rumors get started, and you can give your church and your pastor a black eye. I promise you that. So you got to be careful with it. So we've got to be taught the Scripture. Sometimes we've got to relearn it because it, we've, it's lost its touch with us. We, we forgot about it. Maybe it's a, a Bible verse that you learned at a young age and you just let it go. Sometimes we've got to relearn that stuff, and it's going to have a whole new meaning to it. And I like this. Once again, Jesus himself right here, he testifies to the fact that the Old Testament bears witness to himself. The Old Testament bears witness to him. We read it over in Isaiah and some of the prophets where it's talking about Jesus, and then he, he's telling them right here, it's bearing, the Old Testament's bearing witness to himself, which is good. Is Jesus your teacher? That's a good question. Who or where do you get your advice about living? I want you to think long and hard about this. Who or where do you get your advice about living? When you decide the kind of person, you young people listen to this, when you're trying to figure out the type of person that you want to be and how the, what kind of life that you're wanting to live, where do you seek advice out? Where are you going to get it from? There's a whole list of things. Newspaper? Y'all don't even read newspapers anymore. TV, friends, psychologist, preacher, parents, a world-renowned person on the subject, or do you get it from Jesus? I hope you're getting it from Jesus. Now, not that you can't use some of those people. God will place those people in your life. I promise you that. If you've ever lived a, a, a life that was, was godly, and all of a sudden some godly people start showing up in your life, God's placed them there for you to get you away from the ungodliness and get you on a path that would be pleasing to him. He's done that for you. So hang on to those friends. Don't let those go. But he can use all these people to help you make decisions but the buck stops at jesus you got to use jesus he's the final say so in your life you go where he tells you to go you do what he tells you to do bible tells us he's the way the truth and the life if he's the way and the truth i'm going with that that's the way i want to go is where jesus goes and i know he's truth and that's where i want to be and if he's life and he is life i want that relationship with him because I want that life too. The way, the truth, and the life. He has to, he's got the answer to all of them questions. So again, is he your teacher? Number four, he wants to be your master. He wants to be your master. Lord of Lord, King of Kings. Look back over at verse 28 again. Now carefully look at this, all right? And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. I love that. Jesus never forces himself on us. 
He did not force himself on those two men. He was communing. He was talking. He was teaching. And he was getting ready to part ways. And he said, I'm going on, guys. And they're like, mm, it's too late. Come hang out with us. Let's go eat supper. Let's go break some bread. Let's have some more fellowship. You know that they, was, they, was, they were hungry. They were thirsty and not just for you know, uh, physical food and water. I believe he, he had, had, had just laid enough out there for them to tease them and for them to want to know more. You know, let's, let's, go, let's go to our place. Let's go somewhere and let's eat. I want to hear more. Teach us more. Tell us more. And they broke bread and their eyes were opened. They finally figured out who he was. It finally dawned on them who he was. But he never forced himself on them and he will never force himself on us. He couldn't. He won't. It's called free will. We choose to accept him. We choose to take him in ourselves. It's our choice to let him in our home. It's our choice to open up that door for him to break bread with us. It's our choice. And he's just sitting there waiting. He's on the back side of that door right now just waiting for somebody to open it up so that he can come in their heart. He's just waiting. But he is not going to force himself on you. And as a Christian, you cannot force him on someone else. And you better not ever try. How many of y'all were, were saved at a young age when your parents drug you up to the altar and said, you're going to get saved today? You can't do that. That ain't salvation. And a lot of those kids end up going to hell because their parents scared them into hell. They, they, they got away from church after that. You can't be drugged to the altar and made to be saved. That is a choice that you make, and that's between you and Jesus. Just you and Jesus. The two invited him in to be their guest, but verse 30 tells us he became the host. Look at verse 30 one more time. It says, And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took the bread and broke it and blessed it, and breaking gave to them. That's not what the visitor does. If I go to Keith's house to eat with them, I don't start dishing the food out to everybody in his house. Because I'm the guest, he serves me. I like double portions, by the way. He serves me. What did Jesus do? He served everybody else. You go back and you look at what Jesus done. Did Jesus not wash some mom's feet? You remember when he was up in the upper, upper room? All that he done. He done things out of the ordinary. That's Jesus. He does extraordinary things. But he broke the bread. He served them. So he went from guest to host like that. Think about that. It was his privilege to lead. And he did just that. And that's how wants to be with us he wants to lead us he wants to take control once he's in our lives he wants to be in control he wants to be able to to lead us on that path of righteousness he wants to keep us on the straight and narrow as much as possible he wants to to be in control we got to let him though and a lot of times we don't want to let him we hang on to it way too much we got to let him take control of our lives and lead us where he wants us to go we need to let him call the shots Number five, the last one, this is the good one. He must be your redeemer. 
He must be. He has to be. He has to be your redeemer. Now, they thought that Jesus was going to redeem the nation of Israel. We read that a while ago. But part of the idea of redemption is that deliverance that comes with us. These two men right here, they hoped that Jesus would be that promised anointed one that would deliver the nation of Israel. That's what they thought. But then he died, and now the body's gone, and they're just not sure. Was that really who it was supposed to be? But their understanding was different than God's. Our understanding is always different than God's. God knows it frontward and backwards. God knows the situation. He knows the plans. He knows everything. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Praise God, our ways ain't his ways. That's what the Bible tells us. But the Bible's telling us right here about this understanding. Their understanding is so totally different. We don't understand, and I've said it before, and I always say it. I don't want to be on God's level. I don't want to understand what God understands. I don't. That would put me on God's playing field, and I don't want to be there. He's not going to let us be there either. So we're always curious, always trying to figure things out. We're always trying to, to seek out God and get, get those answers, and that's what they were doing here. Jesus was and is the Redeemer, but not just of the nation of Israel. Because we know what John 3.16 has told us. It's way past the, 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 the nation of Israel. Because it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The world. That's all of us. From as far as the east is to the west. That's the world. All four corners, as it says in Matthew. All, it's all around us. So they didn't understand what God understood. They thought, oh, just our nation. God said, no, the whole world. He redeemed the whole world. The redemption that he would bring was through that suffering right there on the cross. That's where that redemption come from. And it had just taken place three days prior. Go back again. I'm, I'm going back. I love, I love these verses. Go back to verse 25. It says, Jesus talking against his old fools and slow of heart to be, believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. He is our redeemer, but it's through his bloodshed. That's how he became our redeemer. He had to be sacrificed. He had to die on that cross for us to be our redeemer. Is he your redeemer? Is he your redeemer? He's mine. He's my redeemer. First Peter 1.18 says, For as much as ye know that ye were things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Redemption in the Bible is about deliverance, and it's about a debt that has been paid for us by sacrifice on the cross. By Christ has redeemed us from the guilt and penalty of sin. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Titus 2.14 says, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, that's us, zealous of good works. We're peculiar. We're weird. I guess that's the best way to say it. We're just weird people. Christians are kind of strange sometimes. But we're redeemed. We've been redeemed. By the blood of the Lamb. What's that? That's another song right there. 
I'm redeemed. <laughs> That's another one we should sing. I'll make you a list. I'll get you a little playlist for next week. No word used to describe Jesus deserves to be held more precious than the word redeemer. We can say Savior. We can say Lord. We can say Master. We can say our Shepherd. We have a list of things, of names that we can call Jesus, but there ain't none no more precious than Redeemer because that's what he done for each one of us. He redeemed us. All of us. Not a select few. Not 244,000. All of us. All of us. We just have to accept him. We just got to let him into our hearts. He gave himself for our sins to deliver us from our sins. So he is our redeemer. Is he a stranger to you this morning? Is he a friend? Is he a teacher? What is he? What is he to you this morning? I can't answer that for you, but I can answer it for myself. I know who he is. And I want to introduce you to him. He's my friend. He is my friend. And he is my master. He's my teacher. He is my redeemer. If you've never met my friend Jesus, I want want to introduce him to you this morning. Best friend I got in the world. No offense. She's my second best friend. He's the best friend I've got in the world. In eternity. And if you don't have Jesus as your friend, I'd like for you two to meet this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to think about this. Y'all don't, I don't want anybody to play this morning. I just want you to listen for just a minute. We got a lot going on in our world right now. We got more than we can handle as a nation, as a world. And we're going to break. You're going to break if you ain't got Jesus. Folks, there ain't no way you ain't going to find a pastor around that ain't battled with depression the past few months. And it's unfortunate, but I know of many that have been so depressed that they've been suicidal. It's that bad, folks. You don't understand what it's like on our side. But I also understand that it's hard on everybody else, too. The only way the church is going to make it through all this is with Jesus. You've got to have Jesus. You have to have that friend. And there's probably more going on in your lives than I can ever imagine. And it ain't just a virus. You may be struggling with your job, with a relationship. You might be struggling financially. I don't know. But you ain't going to solve your problems on your own. And you need a friend. The Bible says that he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. This morning, I'm going to ask you, do you have that friend? Do you have Jesus? And if you do, who is he to you? Who is Jesus to you? Father, this morning, God, as we close out this Sunday service, God, I pray that you would God, I pray that you'd have a great work in someone's heart this morning. Father, if there'd be one in this congregation, in these pews, that's struggling. God, they're struggling with self. 
They're struggling with sin. They're struggling with the thoughts and the things that are going through their mind and through their heart that they just can't comprehend or they can't understand. They don't know what to do. They're at wit's end. They don't know where to turn now. God, I pray this morning that they would stop and they'd meet that stranger, that they would meet your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, this, this road of Emmaus that we're on right now, Father, I pray that they would, they would form that bond and that relationship with that man named Jesus and that they would make a friend a great friend, a friend that's going to be everlasting, a friend that's going to go with them through thick and through thin, a friend that is going to go with them not on this side of eternity but on the other side. Lord, as we go through earth and we tarry around here for a little bit longer, Father, we're going to need all the help we can get. And our help comes from the hills. Our help doesn't come from, from anyone here on earth. Lord, it's going to come from heaven. And that be your son, Jesus Christ. So, Father, this morning as we close out, I pray if there be someone in these pews this morning that's having a struggle in their heart. They just need that peace that they have never felt before because they just know a stranger named Jesus. Father, I pray that they would get that peace this morning in their heart and they'd find that friend and call him Jesus. Lord, I pray that they would, the Holy Spirit would just convict their hearts to the point, Lord, they can't take it no more. Lord, they'd break. They'd crawl. They'd get down on their face. They'd ask for forgiveness. They'd ask uh, for you to come into their heart, God and become their Savior. Father, that's my prayer. And I know many would join me this morning with that one. God, I pray that you would continue to work in our lives this week as we go about our business. God, I pray that if, if there is someone here that doesn't know your son yet, Lord, and they're still a little bit confused, that Father, I pray that they would just break open your word this week and get a better understanding of that sacrifice on the cross. They would figure out what redemption truly is and who the Redeemer is. But Lord, we do thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for this great crowd that we have here together. Lord, it's such a blessing to see everybody here. And I pray, Lord, you'd bless them for their time and their effort to be here. And Lord, again, as I said earlier, protect us. Lord, place a hedge of protection around each one of us, those children as they go to school, those teachers as they teach, those that are in the workforce, Lord. Just be with us and keep us healthy and safe. Lord, we thank you, we love you, we praise you. I listen in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll, uh, I'll be back on tomorrow morning with devotion. And uh, y'all, if, if you have prayer requests or anything that's going on in your life, please please let me know. Um, I don't want to fuss at nobody, but you got to tell me when things go on. I got to know. I don't have to know, but it's sure is hard to pray for y'all when you don't tell me what's going on. So, Please don't feel feel bad to call me or text me or whatever. I'll, I'll do what I can. I'm not nosy. I just like to know how to pray. All right. Anybody got anything on their heart this morning as we close out? That's right. Absolutely. Tickles me to be ready. Ready or not, here he comes. Just don't know when. Anybody else? Absolutely get your tail up here. We've been waiting on you for a month. Can you hit, you want to use this pulpit mic? Okay, do it. You got backup singer. <laughs>